Hey, just a quick note before we get started. You can now follow Dungeon Babies on all major social media platforms. Just search for at Dungeon Babies on Facebook and Twitter and search at Dungeon BBS on Instagram because at Dungeon Babies was taken, which sucks. If you want to support the show and our efforts to turn these episodes into actual playable content, visit patreon.com slash Dungeon Babies. Today's episode is already available to download for free as is the last one, Death Cult Snack Run. These two are just freebies while we're getting the ball rolling. Moving forward in 2020, if you want to continue to download these adventures, you can do so by pledging at the $3 tier. Super cheap, super easy, and it really does help a ton. Tell a friend, tell us what you think, and see you there. This is a far out game. Swords, poison, poison, spells, spells, battles, maiming, killing, it's all imagination. Joshua? Yes. How was your week? Tell me what did uh, what happened on your adventures? Oh man, my week was uh my week was good. I got a like a, an actual job, so I've been all busy and stuff. Oh, IRL adventures. Yeah, but uh so that kind of like took from my normal adventures. We had to like shift the day that we would normally play and then I wasn't super prepped. But it still went pretty good. It was uh I think it's important to talk about these sessions as well. Didn't go as good as I wanted it to, you know? Uh, I'm sorry. Like, did your party say that or did you just? No, I decided that Um, (laughs) it was a it was like it was cool, but it was not cool because it was like a situation where they were going to get trapped, basically. And then um, there was like a five percent chance of no one stepping on the traps. It was like percentage based. Um, because of the way how that rolled out with the perception You're mad nobody stepped on your trap, huh? No, everybody stepped on the traps. Oh, except shit. Except one person didn't, which is fine. Like, I was like, all right, cool. Now there's like one person like 8v1ing these things that trapped them. But like, it got bogged down by like, there were like sleep darts involved trying to put the party to sleep. And then they were all going to like wake up in a cell and then it was going to progress from there. But it got bogged down by like this debate between like yon t are immune to poison but they're immune to poison damage and the poisoned condition but not the sleep condition and these were like poison dipped darts that caused the sleep condition so it's like per the per the rule book it should be fine but also per my own like logic i was like i don't know if that makes sense so then we just kind of stopped and sat there and we're like what do you guys think like resistance i think we landed on resistance to it because it's still like a yeah. substance so they should at least have like some sort of bonus against it but per the yeah. rules it would just be normal and i was like that seems like that's your whole thing as a yonti you know now with that said this is like a mostly new mostly first timers basically mm-hmm. or like first time in person like classic D, not super like just kind of scattershotted sure um and then some of them it's straight up first time so like the moments are good whenever that happens so we can all like because it's you know kind of 
we're still in the learning stages for a lot of them. Yeah. So like, it's always good to like get to stop and talk about mechanics and kind of debate a little bit about how we feel we should rule it moving forward. But then on top of that, um, so that was just like the mechanical side that slowed everything down. And then on top of that, like one of the first time players got slept immediately. So like, oh, with, they got to with that, you're action. like, yeah, you're like, all right, well, if anyone was going to get slept immediately, I would have preferred it to be like my two players that have played a lot. Right. Because then they get it, you know, but I'm like, I'm sorry, you just watched. (laughs) I had a player right after leveling up was so ready to use all their new level three or level four skills. I can't remember where we were at. And then, uh, yeah, put him to sleep right at the beginning of the fight and then through a series of like unfortunate roles basically sat out the entire fight yeah <laughs> as soon as they were happened. awake again they got like hit with like a huge blast and dropped to zero hit, po- hit points like before their next turn and, right because <laughs> uh, they were supposed it was supposed to be massive like that but then just the way that it played out they're like well it was really cool to like listen to and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly i always feel so bad and she was like no that's fine like i got slept and i was like no but I didn't want that. I got slept. (laughs) That's a new, that's a new uh, verb that's going to go into my my vernacular. Yeah, my lexicon. (laughs) (laughs) I got slept. Hey, where's that? uh, Do you have those files that I needed from you? Oh, sorry, man. I got slept. (laughs) I got slept. I think you, the way you'd use it is uh, when you, when you slept on something is when like you missed out, but when like external forces caused kept you to you miss from out, learning yeah, about kept something. you from, yeah, I slept. I missed that opportunity. I got because, slept. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got slept. Like, uh, like, you know, I grew up in a pretty, uh, pretty like sheltered Christian family. Mm-hmm. So like good music. I got slept. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I got slept too. They're like, Hey man, did you listen to, uh, like, did you ever listen to like Jay-Z growing up? I'm like, nah, man, I got slept. You know? I got slept on the Beatles when I was growing up, if you can Shit. believe that. That's how bad my family was. So Nice. Today's episode is brought to you by Tarigi and Law. If you're seeking legal counsel or you're in a situation that you're not sure how to handle, Tarigi and Law might be the answer. They offer a 30-minute consultation to assess your situation because not every attorney is the right professional for the job. The great thing about Tarigian Law is that you don't get any doublespeak, you don't get any confusing language, there's no upfront commitment. It's just 30 minutes with someone who wants to understand what you're going through and help you figure out how to get to the next step. So stop sitting with the uncertainty and get the advice you need today. It's easy to get started. Just visit tarigianlaw.com. That's T-O-R-I-G-I-A-N-L-A-W.com. You're going to answer a few questions and someone will follow up to schedule your consultation so that you can get the clarity you need to decide how you should proceed. Because no matter the circumstances, we all deserve peace of mind. So once again, that's T-O-R-I-G-I-A-N-L-A-W.com. Tarigian Law. The advice you need minus the bullshit. Well, you're my baby this week. Should yeah, I'm baby. I'll, be your, I'll be your dungeon daddy and guide you. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make a session. Let's just let's make go ahead session. and make a session. Yeah. All right. So I took a little bit of a different approach. Well, basically, I'm modifying the approach that we've been using. So I'm still okay. using the tables. But what's different this week is that I've separated genre and theme. So Ooh, I've got kind okay. of like a, a, a list of, uh, you can roll a d6 if you want for like a subgenre. And then the theme will be combined with that to create a more complex setting for the story. Okay. And then I've also got um, a table for 
specific settings, not general settings, because I feel like the theme will ev- be evocative enough for a general setting. You can pick like right. where you think that fits, but the specific setting will pre- present a challenge. So uh, the way I approach these tables is that each one wouldn't just spoon feed you. It right. wouldn't just hand Definitely. you something. It would be a prompt for you to come up with the setting that you want. The The prompts on the next table are for you to come up with the story hook. So you decide what the story hook is, but I will give you a prompt and which you have to include the specific thing in your story hook, which I think just makes it a little bit more fun. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, it definitely. sparks that creativity. And then, of course, I have an NPC table. So um, all together, I have five. And we don't have to use them all. Uh, I'm going to use them uh, all. Yeah, let's do it. I, I really the, – the thing I love about this is separately, they're kind of inane and, and just, you know, they're whatever. But Start together, them up. <laughs> oh yeah! Once you, once they stack, by by the time you get down to the story hooks, it's like <laughs> really like it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. So that said, we're gonna roll the first two together and uh, in order. You're gonna roll one and then roll another one, and that'll be your genre and theme. All right. So first roll, and remember, you get a point of luck, so you can re-roll any one of these tables if you don't like it. All right. That's a three and a two. (laughs) All right. Your genre is Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean horror, but Lovecraftian assumes that uh, aliens or some, you know, foreign like entity race controls our reality, right? Yeah. Uh, so Lovecraftian is sort of the subgenre. The theme, you said you rolled a two? Two, yeah. A battle of wits. A battle of wits. A Lovecraftian battle of wits. All right. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Obviously, within D&D, my immediate thought for Lovecraftian goes illithids. It doesn't have to be. But as of right now, I'm thinking of that. Sure. Battle of Wits. Like the first spot is like the boring one, which is like uh like you and the Illithids doing like uh like Oceans Twelve, like <laughs> you know, you're, but I kinda like going farther with it and kind of game showing it up somewhere. I don't know. I'll I'll figure it out. I need more info. I need more tables. And then okay. I'll get there. Yeah. All right. So let's roll your setting table next. All right. Setting. D6. That's a two. The setting is a lonely island. <laughs> is it the lonely island? Is that <laughs> just lonely island? All right. I didn't I, I had deserted lonely originally island. and I was like, I don't like deserted island, just lonely. <laughs> just a lonely island. I tried to be just a little bit more broad with my <sighs> My adjectives, and so the, it, you have a Lovecraftian battle of wits on a lonely island. On a lonely island, that is that that specific setting must be included in the session somewhere. It doesn't have to be like the only location by any means, but it has to be central to the plot. Okay, a Lovecraftian battle of wits involving a lonely island. What's and the next table? That's the story your, hook, right? It's story hook, but it's a prompt for your story hook. So you'll come up with what your story hook is based on what you roll in this table. All right. Here we go. D6. Mm-hmm. That's a six. 
Your story hook must include a false accusation. A false accusation to prompt our adventurers to get involved in a Lovecraftian battle of wits. On a lonely island. <laughs> that involves a lonely island. <laughs> All right. Now, do you wish to reroll any of these tables? I think I will re-roll the, the story hook. Okay, cool. Yeah. Five. Oh, the story hook must involve a lost pet. I like it. All right, a lost <laughs> pet, a lonely <laughs> island. I love crafty and battle of wits. <laughs> I... I'll, I'll, I'll get something. <laughs> okay. If you really are stuck, we can reroll like no, the, no, the genre. No, no, I'm not or, that. Or I'm not theme. that stuck. It's all right. Okay. I'm starting to think that the battle of wits is going to come into play. Not you're not on the island. I think you and a Lovecraftian entity are both looking for the same island for a reason. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now it's Lovecraftian. That doesn't even necessarily mean that needs to be the villain, the antagonist. Not at all. In fact, so, it only suggests that there is a, you know, race of superior alien creatures that uh, which I think control... is my lost pet. Oh, kind of like uh, maybe you're returning a pet to someone who is okay. like your overlord. It's just you just there just has to be overlords in this. That's okay. All. So <laughs> here's what I've got. We're probably gonna either. Nope, it's good. In this particular region or setting, you know flumps. Uh, I I do know flumps, but I've never yeah. I've never used a flump before. They're uh, useless in combat. They're incredibly mm -hmm. friendly to the point where it's dangerous for them to live out on the surface. They live in caves. They love adventurers. They're cute as fuck. Mm -hmm. I think in this setting, there's an Illithad elder brain on a lonely island who has a pet flump and that flump has since been stolen by pirates and that elder brain will unleash his army of sleeping illithads on the world as revenge unless his flump is returned <laughs> yes there we go this is great so the Battle of Wits it. comes into play with the pirates, mostly. It's a high seas chase. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Where I the pirates it. are trying to get away with this flump because they're too dumb to realize they're ending the world. But they're smart awesome. enough to evade you. And we're going to be going through a lot of port cities, a lot of disguise kits involved, um, mm -hmm. some switcheroos, some whodunits. Uh yeah, one or two clusterfucks. I think uh, I think I like where this is going. <laughs> got a whole gauntlet of uh, interesting oh, yeah. setups and scenarios. Uh, I, so I'm crossing off those things from my tables. Um, I just to give you kind of like a little yeah. you want a little just taste. You got to hear of, mine. Yeah, of what else was on there. Um, you for genre, you could have also rolled young adult romance. Oh, God damn, <laughs> I wanted it. 
<laughs> just that's that's a future possibility <laughs> and and or doctor detective <laughs> Dude, if if I got young adult romance, if I if I got Lovecrafty and young adult romance, I was just gonna do Twilight, but with a mind flare instead of a vampire. So those are on the same table. So those that wouldn't have come up together. But now that I know that's a possibility, I could switch it up. Um, another theme possibility was uh, man versus nature. You know, oh just a classic yeah, yeah, sort of good. theme. Um, there's also uh, reality is a dream. Ooh, uh, another setting. One of my settings was just big tree. <laughs> big tree. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I was if I got big tree, I was gonna just completely ruin it by placing it in a desert town with not a single tree called Big Tree. <laughs> and I won't tell you any more of my story hooks because right. uh, good because we want to use those. Oh, I want to use those for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving. It. I was just like really trying to figure out how to make. Um, the setup a little more interesting and I was like if I separate some of these things to where they can be mixed and matched to create like because a Lovecraftian Battle of Wits is a lot different than like a Lovecraftian hack and slash for instance right you know which is another right. option for theme that's like a very different story and, and setup uh, but then you know it becomes more like doom and less like whatever exactly. this is, <laughs> this is which so I'm thinking um, I want to bring in a third or even fourth party to really boost the battle of wits. I want I want it to be like a game of keep away with this flump with multiple parties trying to get it. Do you want to roll on in the NPC table? I want to. Can I roll up three NPCs and they'll be each the leader of their own party that's coming after this flump? Okay. All right. Yeah. And I've given a lot of thought to these NPCs. I, I didn't go with any kind of race or class. Uh, no real, just like a couple of defining traits and kind of something that hints at their motives. Okay. I picture this flump being a lot like um, Morph from Treasure Island. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or Treasure Planet, I mean. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Yeah. All right. It's a classic. Yeah. Here All we right, go. Roll a d6. That's a four. A scholarly mage desperate to retire. All right. So I'm thinking, I mean, a big part of this has to be the value of a flump. This is like nobody's seen one of these guys. Maybe they're, you know, they're not around anymore. Maybe this mm -hmm. is thought to be extinct. Flumps, flumps existed and the, they're really only in the books. So I'm thinking originally pirates come close to the shoreline and this flump is just overly friendly. It joins them. They end up stealing it, capturing it. They're at a port and they're like trying to sell it or something trying to figure out maybe, you know, just get a vibe of how much it's worth. They find out it's worth a lot more. So now it becomes a whole thing. Mm -hmm. But there's a scholarly mage there who's just looking, just looking for one last paper that he can write. Just one, one uh, specimen he can bring back and then retire. His head held high. He's had so many disgraces oh throughout God. his career. Yeah. <laughs> He's on the fringes of society, just at this pirate port city at this point, because he, yeah, maybe fudged some numbers on some of maybe, his research. You know, in the past. sometimes you you maybe gotta it like came out. Yeah, but this is the real deal. So he is gonna stop at nothing to get this flump, bring it back. He thinks it belongs in a museum. 
<laughs> like an Indiana Jones yeah, streak. Indiana Jones. Yeah, but like Indiana Jones and Crystal Skull. Like he's old and grumpy, you know. Yeah, he should have retired. And I think he his... has Shia LaBeouf with him. <laughs> so it wasn't the last crusade. That's what you're telling me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so basically, this is the last, last crusade. I do actually want him to have like a shitty emo nephew with him. Kind of Iroh and... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Zuko E. Yeah. But like a little flip flop. So instead of, you know, the old guy being all wise and happy, like the kid's just happy and dumb. He's along yeah. for that kind of a Rick and Morty situation yes. going on here. Yes. Very so much. you've got Rick and Morty looking for a, a final specimen to acquire to restore this, uh, this mage's, uh, reputation, reputation as a, as a true scientist, as an anthropologist, something that they can hang their hat on before they, Retire. you know, wither away into the, the ether. Okay. Exactly. All right. So that's one, go ahead and, and let's move on and roll another NPC. Five. The head of your second faction is an honest gambler with the right connections. All right. An honest gambler with the right connections. I almost feel like that's the pirate that okay. got them originally. It's it's like it's a pirate ship, yes, but it's more of a smuggling vessel. There you go. And it wasn't so much that, uh, yeah, smugglers, not pirates. They didn't necessarily like come to this island to loot. They just kind of were sailing. They made camp for the night. They're kind of off the shore here, so they weren't out in too open of water. You know, you want to keep close to shores, cover of darkness when you're a smuggler. Yeah. And this little glowing flump just came up to visit him afterwards. And I don't even think it was malicious when they stole him. I think they just thought he was cute. Gave him some pets. He stuck around. They left and he kept coming with them. So they're like, all right, you know, it's cool. Like that we got this guy. And then kind of with the idea that, well, when we get back to port, we'll see how much he's worth. You know, he's interesting. I've never seen one of these. This is interesting because now I'm, I'm before we get there, we'll roll another NPC, but I'm going to be really curious to find out, like as a player, I'd be really curious to find out like, okay, when did the, this eldritch horror, this illithid (laughs) find out that their pet was missing and what, like, (laughs) where were they on the, was it on the way back? Like what I, I'm curious to know about the turn of events or the series of events for when, like, uh, were, were there lost, uh, pet notices all over like the seaport <laughs> or did everyone get like a psychic vision of this pet? <laughs> so I, I like the idea that um, our adventuring party will come across this story hook when they are shipwrecked on this island. Okay. And there's a bunch of angry illithids running around. Bunch okay. of mad mind players, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I'd like to believe that this elder brain, this flump is its pet. It lives deep within the heart of the mountainous island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were just like two mind flayers taking flump for a walk. And they got yeah. distracted by something. And they're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, and they actually <laughs> let you know. The elder brain still doesn't know. You have a time frame until, you know, every certain amount of time, the elder brain wants to see is flumpy. Yeah. And they're like, if he asks for the flump, we're all fucked. And he's not here. He's going to send us to end your world. Just know that. Like, we're not trying. We came here to live without all the drama that we had whenever we were taking over societies. We're just trying to live. 
But if he loses his Flumphy, I mean, that's why he chilled out in the first place. That's why he stopped trying to dominate the multiverse. Because he just loves this little flump. And it's the one yeah. thing that keeps him happy. <laughs> it inspired and it, it's, it's on us. It's on us, I will admit. <laughs> 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 but we can't leave. He he's we're attached he'll know if we leave he'll get suspicious but you listen we don't know you and we have no idea how success like how uh (laughs) your what your current success rate is as adventurers but uh you're literally our only hope yeah you're the only people that can leave this island or save uh all of you are the only people that can leave this small island (laughs) because we're all attached to the elder brain and we'll go insane if we get too far away but uh, your options are kind of help us or we're going to eat your brains. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's a story hook right there. That's, that's a good right. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want to roll up your third faction leader? One more faction. Yeah. One. A charming rebel with a hand of gold. Okay. I think Not that a heart. This... <laughs> <laughs> so... I think that this charming rebel, I'm I'm retconning a little with the pirates. I think that the gambler is kind of the head of the, or is one of these pirates. Or rather, he's yeah, he's the smuggler. The smuggler Sorry, yeah. smuggler. He's kind of the head of the smuggling vessel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets the flump, and he actually thinks it's really cute. He yeah. wants it for himself. Sure. But this charming rebel with the hand of gold wants to price it out and see how much he can make. So now there's a mutiny. That crew splits oh. in half. That simplifies things because you don't have to have like three different like organizations. Exactly. You've got one organization that is split. And yeah, then you got you got maybe got, uh, a six person smuggling crew that goes three and three. Mm-hmm. And then or maybe even two and four, you know, like the guy trying to sure. make money gets more of them. Um, and then you just got a, a wizard and his nephew. And then you've got your adventuring party. That's great. That's like that's an awesome setup. So uh, this kind of I think gives us a pretty good foundation of. So so what are the different scenes? So you you start at this port town. How did your players get to the island? I guess if they're on this island. Or, so I think or, where the way how this this operates. If it's a one shot, you can just force it in. If you totally. want to put this in your campaign, you just wait until your players are sailing somewhere. And they have to shipwreck on the island. That's that's how okay. this starts. You either shipwreck or you like land there to investigate. You you. This starts whenever you go to the Illithids Island. Mm-hmm. It's this uncharted island. Maybe you can drop a story hook in of like this mysterious island. You know, oh, we're trying to sail from this place to this place, and that's the most direct route. And this old sailor's like, we don't go that way. <laughs> you know, why not? Getting them to the island can change across the board a lot. I think yeah. a great way to do it would be to have this be an island kind of way out there that trading routes go around. They avoid. Makes sense why the smugglers were there. Um, yeah. Because of just uh, like dark rumors, you know, old uh, superstitions sure. surrounding Lore the island. That you can People go missing, yeah. you know, things like that. Devil's triangle um, kind of shit. Yeah. Put rumors of an item your party needs on the island. There you go. Uh, that's up to you. You you choose the item, but every campaign has uh, its fair share of MacGuffins. Absolutely. So whatever MacGuffin you haven't decided <laughs> where to put in your campaign, slap it on an old spooky island that the trading routes avoid. Yeah. And 
I think you play up the eldritch horror moving into the setting to really give that uh that comedic whiplash whenever it's just some mind flayers who lost their boss's dog. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) 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 You make the island as terrifying as you can until they actually get there until the reveal happens. Yeah. Even when you get there, it's like, you know, broken bones of right. ships. And you're approached and by two mind flayers who like swoop out of the darkness upon exactly. you. And then maybe you're, have you know, you seen s- our dog. <laughs> sort of complicated trap. And then, yeah. and then they ask if you've seen, we're so Plum glad that you're here. <laughs> yeah. We really need your help. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm going to say right now that the two mind flayers that lost him, uh, it is a requirement. However, you'd voice your NPCs. One of them is incredibly sinister sounding, and he will be the first one to speak. And one of them is like, "Oh, geez." <laughs> you know? uh, so you're gonna get the yes, exactly what we've been looking for. Yeah, we really need someone who can leave the island. You know? I was just gonna say it's like Isma and Kronk, right? Isma like- and Kronk, exactly. You you get approached by the Isma and Kronk of mind flayers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is great so then you don't venture out to sea again you arrive shipwrecked to this island you look around a little bit you're already on edge you're confronted by the easman cronk of mind flares or illithids however you want to like um present i think it, it would be I'm, I'm i'm starting to think i'm moving away from shipwrecked because i do want the island to just be where you it, it's where you receive your quest and it's where you have to return the flump to. So the but whole adventure take, does not take place on the It'll take it's place on the high, water. high seas chase and then port towns nearby, things cool. like that, like where they'd be trying to sell this flump. I understand. I want it to to move, you know, like, oh, and then someone else got it and then they take off and you're like, where did they go? And you're like trying to find sure. them. I want it to and be And that a doesn't chase. Um, preclude shipwrecking them on an island because no, the mind no, flayers could just give them a new vessel you know like hey yeah. we've, we've, or we the mind flayers their vessel <laughs> yeah the there could actually be if you do want to go the shipwreck route i think it, it, it's fun that these two mind flayers are trying to cover their tracks sure so the other mind flayers and the elder brain can't know that you're there Otherwise, oh, they'd be like, true. hey, why don't we just eat these guys? There's an right? element of stealth. And- so maybe, yeah, you're these two guys are trying to sneak you in to where they know there's a vessel of the past people that got captured here. Yeah. And you're trying to steal this vessel and get off the island. And they're they're like uh, stormtroopers and Ch- chewbacca it, you know? Sure. Like, hey, uh, where are you bringing these guys? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're taking them to the bus, you know, <laughs> or yeah. just whatever it is. But Yeah. Um, yeah. And when they get on the ship, there's like, you know, blood and maybe viscera oh, yeah. left over. And they're like, oh, that don't worry about that. That's <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get someone to clean that up, please. Oh, yeah, me. we uh, sorry. We usually don't need to use the ships again once we. <laughs> uh, well, once Consume. we do the thing that we do, yeah, once we do the thing, <laughs> once we once we brunch, yeah. we pretty much just leave them here. <laughs> Let me tell you, these these guys were not um very satisfying. Uh, yeah. Anyways, a lot, a lot of sailors have very low constitution, very high constitution, very low, very low intelligence. intelligence. <laughs> uh, all right. So when they're headed out to sea uh, in pursuit 
Uh, how are they going to find out about the smugglers who left with – like what's the story? How do these smugglers escape with the flump? And like how are they going to find out who actually has it? Yeah, I think um, I think the Mind Flayers, when they noticed the flump was gone, looked up and they saw a ship sailing away and they saw the name on the back of it. But again, these Mind Flayers can't like leave the island so much. Sure. Like they don't have sailing vessels. They're just like, oh, no, and they could see it sailing away. That's good. In the direction it went in. So you're just kind of given a direction and mm-hmm. the name of the vessel you're looking for. And then you kind of simplify as a DM and you make you can give them the so, you know, in that direction, there's like one major port city that right. they're probably headed to. So once you get to the port, I think kind of immediately you just kind of you you probably don't even need a roll for it. You just say, you know, there as you're kind of sailing in and you're docking, you do actually notice at the docks, yeah. you know, landed is this vessel. Whatever you're the name of the vessel is. Let's Nobody's give the vessel it. a name. Right yeah. Now. Um, so it's a smuggling vessel. There's a man with a hand of gold. I want to say he's the vessel owner, but the uh, the gambler is the captain. You know, he he's okay. the actual sailor. He knows these waters. He's a smuggler. And the the charming rebel with the hand of gold is like the investor, if you will. Right. They Makes, they bankrolled the operation. Yeah. Exactly. So Which that, is why they want to sell really, this flump. Yeah. Well, and that kind of offers a pretty nice dichotomy there, right? Like the reason behind their uh, stark differences exactly uh, is because it's like they needed each other, but they didn't really have anything else in common. Yeah, I think. Uh, I wish I had a table for this, but I had no idea. You I'm going to get I'm going to get a name of a, I'm going to get a good name of this boat right here. Um. It's the, it's the give me a hand. I think. Give me a hand. Yeah, the give me a hand. Is... <laughs> the ship is called <laughs> give me a hand. Yep. The give me a hand. The give me a hand. Yeah. You know, those weird ship names that are kind of like old pubs. Like, you're like, what the fuck okay. does that even mean? It's the give me a hand. And it it's uh, it's kind of emblem is just uh, like a golden fist. Okay, cool. The yeah. give me a hand. Yep. The give me a hand. And on the front, there is a golden mermaid, <laughs> which you will notice distinctly is missing one hand. <laughs> 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 and you will also notice when you meet this man, his golden hand is highly feminine. Okay. Yeah. He just ripped d- it right very, off of his boat. <laughs> very soft, very dainty. <laughs> exactly. And he just needed it a It seems hand. to be formed p- to be like grabbing behind on a ship. Right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just always kind of like this. <laughs> so. it's a little like rose from yeah, exactly <laughs> Titanic. uh all right so you arrive at this port side town you see the give me a hand is already docked i'm assuming the first thing the players will want to do is investigate the ship i'm renaming it to the handsy mermaid sorry you heard me say it and you're like yeah the handsy mermaid i think the handsy maid the handsy maid. Yeah. So we okay. get there. We find the handsy maid. We can investigate. I think maybe there's one or two like of the lower crewmates there. People that you could like jump on board and intimidate and question and you could yeah. find out. Well, it's great what, role play. Yeah. What tavern they're at. Yeah. You don't need to prep a combat, but you can set it up like it will be. Exactly. And I think uh, it's less so that they're or not a tavern. You kind of get told about this. Uh, this regular tavern, but beneath it's kind of this big like uh not open air because it's in tunnels but think like uh like a grand bazaar that's black yeah. market 
Right, it's, like yeah, the scramblers are black market. Operation. A lot, lot of different smugglers know about it. Exactly. So you get told where they are, uh, who to talk to, the password, things like that. You, it gives like this fun intrigue, this mystery to where you get to like go pretend to be smugglers and go into this black market underground bazaar and where all these interesting things and uh, different like odd creatures are sold and yeah, illegal a, substances. And, dude, such a great opportunity for, to add flavor to your world, uh, create exactly. an evocative setting that is just uh, something you could even return to, really. Like maybe if this is the first time they're ever finding out about something, the next time they're trying to fence some valuable good, they could be like, well, we know where to go. Exactly. What I uh, kind of segue here, but what I love about this is – you know, I have my story hooks and my settings and the things I rolled up on a table, but this would be so easy to repurpose anywhere. Like the island could be a cave. It yeah. could be a mountain people avoid. It mm -hmm. could be, you know, uh, anything like that. An old abandoned ruin. Uh, however you want to fit it into your world, you can't. I love the idea of the island and of the ship. But, what you it know, is. You can, yeah. It's, yeah. It's you character can, uh, doesn't change. But these uh, exactly. illithids, these these horrors are tied to this location, which your yeah. players know. And As the hands he made could be a dangerous location. Yeah. It could be kind of an adventuring party with banners, things like that as you adjust. But either way, it's, you know, they're smugglers. So I guess they wouldn't probably wouldn't have banners. Maybe it's like a hired mercenary crew that they're traveling with. But there's all these ways that you can like adjust it to your setting that I like a lot. Anyway, doesn't change the central theme, you know, exactly. You're, you know, so I want to jump ahead a little bit because <clears throat> while I love all of these details, I think they're important, but they're also interchangeable to some extent. Exactly. What yeah. isn't is the battle of wits. Let's talk about where that comes up and how you would actually prep that for a session. That's, that's rough. That's, that's where a lot of the detail prepping comes in. I think that once you get down to the Grand Bazaar. You're, I think you're gonna, or the the smugglers uh, market. Market. You're gonna probably witness the Let's call breakdown. It the Black Bazaar. The Black Bazaar. I love it. Um, but what if it's not spelt like bazaar, like like a market, but like, but like bazaar, bizarre. like it's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Black Bazaar. Um, yeah, I, I'm making a note of that. I'm for sure gonna use that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So once you're down there, I think you're actually going to witness the breakdown of the relationship between these two people. Like, that's where the mutiny is going to happen. They're each going to have, okay. like, one guy with them. The argument's going to happen. Like, he's going to catch this guy trying to sell this flump that is his new pet that he loves very dearly, uh, uh, even just a short time with him. Mm -hmm. Like, something about this flump is going to just make people obsessed with it. Everybody who sees it, whether it's whether it's to uh, love it and hold it because it's just so cute or it's to sell it for so much money or it's to use it for, you know, the your scientific uh, reputation. Like everybody is just every single person, even minor characters that you want to throw in that aren't the main factions are going to be obsessed with this thing. The second you see it, there's something about it. Just extra ordinary, supernatural, arcane levels of intense obsession whenever people see this thing. So I think you'll see the breakdown and there in that black market is also where the mage will be. Everybody will kind of see like these two arguing. They'll see the flump. That guy will notice it. You can use like perception checks or insight checks to pick up on. All right. Exactly what's happening. Right. But once it happens, I think the 
like someone and you can roll to see who it is and then kind of make different paths based on it grabs it and runs and from then on out like try and keep the action up as high as possible like keep the flow fast but it's it's chases with all right like i'm gonna need you to make like a perception check and then you realize that if you have a high enough perception you see the mage but he's he's wearing this like fake beard that you you know saw for sale earlier like you could sprinkle that in like you see (laughs) a shop with like these hats with beards on them so like then you notice like oh shit he just grabbed one as he was running and then is like standing there and there's like a lump beneath his coat so you could like grab the flump and you're like ah i got it and then like dexterity saving throw because the gambler just runs by and grabs it from you and then heads out and i think you're almost describing like a skills challenge of some sort exactly i think there needs to be a skills challenge of like uh it's, it's less of a chase and more of a game of keep away and if you want to make this like a really tight, compact thing, it can all happen down within the spiraling tunnels of the Black Bazaar. But if you want to expand it out and send it off into different towns, I think that could be really fun, too. Uh, let's let's let me suggest something here. What if because uh, Battle of Wits has a pretty distinct connotation and while a skills challenge like i love the chase scene and i think you could definitely work that in as like the climax right I think the climax itself could could really play into that but i think a, a battle of wits would require the players to not be able they wouldn't they, they would have to be prevented from solving this through traditional yeah. means meaning like definitely a, a party of six smugglers doesn't seem like much for you know let's say what are they level five level six characters at this point you know they're they're low enough that they can't take on mind players but they're right. high enough that like you know defeating a ba- like a band yeah, of smugglers definitely. shouldn't be that hard so throwing a wrench in that maybe once they you know maybe they learn at some point you know like Oh, it's a pretty small smuggling vessel. We could probably catch up with it and like take over the crew and get this and bring it back. Not that hard. It, once they'll never be able to catch, maybe it's like built into, they'll never be able to catch up with the vessel. But once they reach the poor, once they go into the Black Bazaar, they learn that these this this smuggling captain and or the financier of the operation yeah. are both well connected, right? Because one of their okay. character yeah. traits is well connected, right? So they have the support of two very powerful factions within the Black Bazaar. Yeah, I like that a lot. You literally have to try to, the Battle of Wits could be playing them against one another. Against each other, yeah. Until you can steal the flump and run away. (laughs) Exactly. That is the thing, is in order to like like solve the mission, you have to play them against each other. All right, so which one had the well-connected? That was the one with the gold hand? Uh, The Honest Gambler with the right connections is oh, okay. one and yeah. the charming rebel with a hand of gold is the other okay so the gambler he has connections down here for sure so i'm thinking less than a mutiny more like the entire crew of smugglers stays with the guy with gold hand the other guy has connections down here basically with the guard presence down here which is in mm-hmm. city guard it's illegal you know it's their mercenaries for hire basically he kind of yeah. has like an ongoing relationship some frequent bribing he's the smuggler or she right you yeah know, like yeah. they, they, they are, the are smuggler the, of the smuggler they are the ones with the the background the experience the connections to be able to captain a ship of smugglers to exactly do this and the rebel with the hand of gold is for whatever reason, whatever their backstory is, they have the means. So to make I have this, this idea. So they both have some. Yeah, connection. I have this idea that uh, 
it's it's still not a perfect like battle of wits, but I'm getting closer to it that once kind of this disagreement happens and the battle for the flump begins, this place locks down. You can't get in or out. It's this huge sprawling, you know, different corridors like tunnel system. That's all these different black market shops, but it breaks into factions like like a like a wall down the middle. Like that's where the line's being held and it, it just like breaks into these two factions and then the mage isn't a part of either of the factions. You're not part of either of the factions, but you, both of you guys are going to start playing the factions against each other to try and get your opportunity to get this flump, which I mm-hmm. think might end up in a cage just in the middle while people <laughs> figure it out. Like, like it's a weird uh, system that they have in place. Like when yeah. there's a disagreement, you know what we do. Like, this is the rules of our weird smuggler cult that we have. They're like, all right, there's been a disagreement of ownership, basically. So the thing that you're disagreeing on gets put in a cage, elevated up right in the center, like this, the circular center that everything sprawls out from. Everybody like chooses their side who they agree with based on the facts and the facts just spiral out because it's all word of mouth and get so distorted as they go. It turns into a straight up like hard line fight. And then you have to play the two factions against each other that are headed up by these two guys. And then the wizard starts gathering support for himself too somehow just by being sleazy. And you have to convince this black market community that for some reason you should be awarded ownership of this flump. It's less like or steal it and get away with it. But it's going to be very hard. I think you have to. So the the real genius of this this prep is uh, in this scenario is... If you have an odd number of players, you fill in the gaps. You need to pit the players against one another, and you're yeah. going to side with one of them as the DM if you have an odd number of players. If you have an even number of players, you're neutral, and you let them battle it out. But essentially, by creating these two factions, these two distinct sides, somewhere in there, maybe the wizard suggests like you'll have to split up, and then three of you need to go defend the 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 smuggler and three of you right. need to defend the rebel so like then the players actually take the role of like <laughs> yeah. like supposedly supporting their faction but playing them against each other and so you yes. get the players actually the battle of wits is between the players as like, representatives of those like two parties i like the idea that you'll meet this mage as someone who's actually here to help you he has an idea a plan right. you don't know his ulterior motives he'll kind of be the final thing. So once you guys do get the flump, you get out, that's when the final backstab comes into play. You're out, and he's like, thanks for helping me get out of here with this thing. And then that's when the final chase is. That's a chase, that's a skills challenge. So no but matter what they do, when they try to steal the, the flump, yeah. the wizard... He has, he has a whole heist in mind, basically, that involves yeah. playing these guys against each other, getting a certain... You know, uh, maybe the way how this works is whenever there's a disagreement, there's the two keys of deception with two here locks. Are so great, like, yeah. <laughs> so like you guys have, you know, each person has a lock and a key or a key to the two locks on this cage, and we have yeah. to get them from each by playing them against each other and doing all this, you know. And uh, like I, maybe you can't get right to the smuggler and right to the guy with the golden hand. You have to like join their gangs and then kind of work your way up yeah. through them, you know, <laughs> and like w- once you get the chance to steal the keys, you go, you unlock it, you get the flump out and it's like done in a way where you get a very like, uh, you know, Jafar, like, give me the lamp type situation right. with the flump. He's yep. already like up out of the area. You hand it up to him. And you're like, all right, now pull us out. And he's like, see ya. I'm out. Yeah. This is great. And uh, this 
just to point it out, this presents an opportunity to make this a one shot or part of a whole arc of your campaign. Exactly. Because if you are pressed for time, you can skip a lot of that, like, you know, getting to know, working your way up, like, you know, exactly, really yeah. embedding yourself into the ranks and you can become more or less like you can play it to where the the wizard has a reputation and suggest these neutral party adventurers as like defenders of these sides, like, you know, presenting the facts, whatever the case needs to be at the time. If you have longer to like, if you can play this out over, you know, five or six or more sessions, yeah. you can allow the characters to get to know and become embedded in these, like in this <laughs> underworld would... so that they can gain the trust of these two individuals. And then they're right. actually so you can do this thing where it's like at the end of the day they meet up in this secret location to like exchange what's going on on either right, side and right. you can try to drive a wedge <laughs> in between your party like, yeah that i would think be really fun uh one fun way to play this uh, if you haven't tried it as a dm it it slows the pace down a bit but i think it's really fun of actually physically separating out your players Ooh. so you can give each of We've them information and start really like playing um basically make each player convinced the the person they're helping is the good guy who's in the right mm -hmm. and but only you hear that side of the story so they keep hearing the opposite sides of the story and then whenever they do meet up they're like all right well here's the demands but they haven't heard what the demands are going to be from each other so it's actually your players hearing these demands and you're like wait what no like yeah. i'm not gonna do that that guy's evil and they're and like no you're... your guy's evil yeah and if you're into like this this way of prepping like if you you know you don't want to improvise those things or separate. You can't physically separate your characters. If you're playing digitally, it's not that hard. But right. uh, if you're in person, you can also put this stuff on scraps of paper. Like we mentioned in the last yeah. session, right? You can have yep. scraps of paper, notes, things like that, where it's like you give them to them and they each have a different side of the story and they have to sort of. I, uh, if you haven't picked up on it, uh, dear listener, maybe two, maybe two listeners. We'll see. Uh I really like pitting my party against each other in some way or another. Not in a way that like is party ending, but it's really fun to have different people with different pieces of information mm -hmm. that are like not necessarily cohesive. Yeah. And just just watching it unfold. It's they can't be mad at the DM if they're mad at each other. Exactly. <laughs> and though this is so fun because rarely do you get the opportunity to like suggest splitting the party as a good thing right like, exactly yeah. yeah you're not supposed to split the party but in this situation like you're required to and uh it'll be curious I, i'd be really curious to find out like who goes to what side and how yeah. you balance that out and and then if you have to fill in the gap if it's like you've got five players and you have to play the sixth like you end up being the wizard on that side of the fence right like the I mage. think also yeah giving giving wizard a little bit of an option whoever. like it's interesting i think the the idea that I have is that it's placed in this cage and then one one of the factions like locks it with these master locks and then mm -hmm. one of the factions like does like a magical barrier around it. So you have to get the magical barrier down and then you have to get the keys to the master lock to get this thing out. Each part awesome. like one faction has each. But if you have some sort of item that you know can get through those locks or can get through that magic thing, then it can change how you play it. Now, necessarily you're not playing into both. Like now you're like, all right, well I can side fully with this guy cause he has what I need. So that kind of adds like a little, but I think it's most fun if you split the party, have them need to get these two items that yeah. can unlock this cage and then have the wizard triple cross them at the end. 
that then that'll lead just to a full on skills challenge through the city rather than down here. Like you eventually you'll get out and it's just uh, following this wizard. And I think his nephew's mostly like around to fuck with you guys as you're trying to do the skills challenge. Like you almost get to him and then like like Ewok log style stuff, you know, <laughs> just you can simplify yeah. that if you're if you're not somebody who likes to have too many NPCs to remember voices to play that kind of thing. You can I think. I think the nephew is an interesting level it's, uh, of comic yeah, it's, relief, but it, it's omitable it's to some extent. For sure. Yeah. yeah, for for those like it's flavor if you if you want it, and if not, you leave it out. I, can I add another wrinkle that might be of course that might make this really interesting? So you've got a the the prompt was scholarly mage desperate to retire. Ooh. We didn't say wizard, so what I just if got they, an idea. Sorry, keep going. So what if this mage is not? We said we we didn't say wizard. What if they're a right. warlock? We said mage. They yeah. have a pact. What okay. if their pact is with the uh, wh- what did you call it? The brain, the um, elder brain, the elder brain. Their pact is with the elder brain, and they are desperate to be released from this pact and believe that if they retrieve the flump <laughs> and bring it back, they will finally be released from their eternal servitude. <laughs> My only problem with that is that there is no good reason not to let them return the flump at that point. But but the thing is is um maybe they don't they don't know one another, right? So like okay. There's no good reason except that uh, the players don't know now, that this what, person is has a pact. This warlock has what a if pact we had, with the elderman. What if we did something really similar? Yes, I like the warlock, the pact. But what if it's not the elder brain? We might have to do a little D&D lore searching, but let's find out. I think it's the uh the Gith are constantly at war with the Mind Flayers. Okay. I'll, so what if that. it's Same rather thing, even better because yeah, now you've got a two different more factions, a yeah. different Eldritch horror who wants this flump only because his greatest enemy, the Elder Brain, loves it. It's just a, like a final, final spite, you know. And the warlock <laughs> that has a pack believes that they will be released. So Please. then it becomes a thing <laughs> exactly. where it's like at the end of it, you add one more wrinkle and you make you give your characters a choice. Do do you they let this warlock return? be free? Yeah. <laughs> At the sake That's of great. the whole world, maybe. It's a moral quandary and you <laughs> yeah. need it. It's so great. Yeah. The moral quandary that. is that you find out this this uh, warlock isn't just playing you. They're like, please, this is the only way I'm ever going to be free. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, sorry, we kind of got to return this. I want to bring the nephew right back. Order. I want to say that the nephew plays like a dummy henchman through the whole thing, but is actually like like uh, a competent like uh, is is a is in disguise is like not not the patron but like his this wizard's overseer for the patron like, uh, basically the the gith scries through the yeah like this is like how the, this is is actually an entity that like this gith patron like speaks to gives the orders to like right. this little shitty nephew is actually like controlling and Some ruining sort of this guy's life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you ha- see it, and it's like this like elderly mage and this like shitty kid. But mm-hmm. like the kid's like, ooh, uh, that like there's, there's like meat on a skewer, and he's like, can I get one of those? And he's like, mm-hmm. uh, we don't uh, like have money for it. And he's like, I I want one of those. And he's like, oh, uh, <laughs> like yes. he has to, like go steal money to get this. Just 
keep this kid happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a fucking Damien. You should name exactly. him Damien. Like His a subtle nod. Damien. His yeah. name's Damien. Um, so the warlock is uh, in at the port for some other reason. When the kid sees the flump come off the ship and like knows instantly like yeah. who that flump is, or like so what's you could going have on. The, you could not understand the the depth of it but maybe the it's not so much that this mage really wants the flump for redeem his reputation he wants the flump to be free and he only knows that he needs it to be free because this kid starts going like like i want that like i want the flump give me the flump flump. (laughs) just like like the brattiest patron ever like having a meltdown because yep he wants the flump and like he's like if i can get this i'm thinking the kid is the patron to some degree whether it's gith or not like whatever it is I think this kid's this demonic being in a kid's body and he has been physically with this warlock, like tormenting him for years. You know, he's, he's in this spot where he knows it's hopeless unless he's freed. And I think like, as this kid's complaining, he's like, I I can't, I can't. And then he's like, it's gotta be like a natural 20 perception check to hear it, but you might get like, I'll free you or something like that, like a promise. And he's like, okay, the real MacGuffin is the smuggler like exchange to begin with, like the real quandary and the real, like in in battle of wits is like, how do we free this warlock from their deal with this? Yeah. The shitty uh, demonic kid. (laughs) So that we can return the flump to the, uh, the elder brain (laughs) without, you know, and free all of, you know, uh, I think that there's a, there's a level of, detailed prep that i don't think we're gonna get in this but i am gonna definitely flesh that out before it's so we post cool. this one up because that's so good <laughs> it's um, so awesome i love it it feels like like a really good episode of a cartoon you know <laughs> whatever you do with this uh, adventure please let us know follow us on instagram twitter facebook at Mather De Leon. Uh, I'm at Josh is the worst, but worst is with a U like a sausage. Before we sign off, Josh, I wanna I wanna have you roll on what I call the Mage Cube. It is a D6 of you know good advice. And, and I just I thought this might be a fun way to sign off our episodes. So roll it and uh, I'll tell you what it says. Think of it Five. like a fortune cookie for your soul. Five. <laughs> To go along the vision quest is to become one with it. This life is nothing short of a deepening osmosis of technological intention. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I feel so much better now. Thank you for telling me that. When I woke up this morning, I was like, that's what I need to hear. If no one sold it to me today, I mean, I I don't know how I would have made it through. It's the cube of sage advice. Oh, I love it. The cube of sage advice. Can we instead of the mage cube, can it be called the sage cube? The sage cube. Yeah. The sage I love cube. It. All right. Um, on dungeon. I'm baby. And remember folks, don't get slept on dungeon babies. <laughs> Telephone pilot.